The Tuffle Commute, Season 13, Episode 1, Animals, in which Sean and I return to the world of podcasting like bulls in a china shop. Let's get going. Lindsay. Hello, Sean. How's it going? <laughs> welcome back. Welcome back to the world of podcasting. Uh, welcome back. Yeah, I feel like I'm still locked in the same room I've been locked in for the last year, but go on. Welcome back <laughs> yeah. indeed. To our listeners, welcome back. Uh, this is the Tuffle Commute. It's a relatively frequent podcast. We do seasons, and it's a podcast uh, for language teachers uh, but that's not necessarily about language teaching, although the topic tends to come up. I'm your host, Lindsay Clanfield, joined by my co-host, I am Sean Wilden, and well done, Lindsay, you didn't even rehearse that, and you remembered no. what it was. It's been a while. Exactly. It has been a while. And, uh, yeah. You've been, up, been off globe-trotting everything, have you, Lindsay? Um, gl yeah, globe-surfing, not even that. I don't think, <laughs> no, nothing, nothing. Uh, <sighs> we are, uh, in, this, in this podcast, we usually take a topic and explore it from a language teacher's perspective of what would interest us as language teachers, teacher trainers, and writers. Um, Sean, what are we going to start season 13? Uh, <laughs> well, what's, you, our, what's our topic? Yes. Uh, wait, it's funny. We're starting with animals. I, I, I wonder why it took us 13 seasons to get to animals, because it is something that comes up quite a lot in ELT uh, it, material. It does, well, it does. Yeah, I guess it does. Uh, well, maybe I, in kid, my kids' material, but... Yeah, I think we've covered several other topics that are probably more frequent than animals, but animals are are a thing in English language teaching. Yeah? Come on, have you, how many times? Well, maybe you, I don't know how much young learner teaching you've done, but Old MacDonald had a farm. How many times have you seen that? Oh actually? my gosh, yes. Yeah, so let's fun. talk about, first of all, let's talk about animals and teaching. Right. And um, before we get to the children, let's come to the young learners thing, because it's a really big thing in young learners, animals. Yeah. Um, but think of your adult or your teen teaching. When do you, when do you teach animal vocabulary? Like when, uh, when, when do you, I, I don't think I do it usually with beginners. It doesn't tend to come up. Actually, I think I would say, I, I would have to say animal noises have come up quite a lot. And I think that's a lead in. I think it's kind of an, 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 uh, an, an showing empathy in lesson we always realize, you know, students seem to be, uh, find it hilarious when British animals say a different sound to them. Yeah. So I've probably taught it in that concept, but that would be maybe on the fly rather than in the course book. Yeah, um, or, or a lesson on animals, because uh, I often think that it doesn't come up probably till like pre-intermediate or, or or sometimes intermediate, mm, because I, then you would teach like the, the parts of the animal body and things like that as well, like, you know, paws and wings and things like that. Yes, you're probably but, right. I. Uh, I, I, I haven't taught a beginner's class for so long that I can't remember. But, um, but the, mm. my next question is, though, is what if you were looking at an animal lesson and this I, I was looking at old books where you've got your animal unit, like when you're teaching a unit on animals, what animals does one teach? And the more I think about it, the more I think how culturally and geographically 
Well, there's, a, there's got. To, I mean, it's it's like the parsnip topics in a sense, isn't there? You've got to be careful with some animals because yes. of the of the position they hold within uh, a culture. Well, let's I imagine talk, that. What are the two? There, there are two animals there that that uh, yeah that 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 one does have to be careful about um, in terms of creating materials, and those are pigs and dogs, both of which. Yeah are considered impure um for example in the muslim and hasidic jewish i think as well religion so those are has to be some sensitivity are, are you telling me you've, of, have you written you've not written a, a chapter or two on, on animals Lindsay? i have but i always get to the thing of uh, even as i'm teaching or looking at materials to teach with like the default animals when you think okay what animals are you going to teach they seem to me to be often like British farm animals. Okay. The reason I was thinking, like, so it's always, you know, the cow, the sheep, the, you know, the cat, the dog. So basic, like, pets, but also I, I it's kind of the image of the farm, which to me also conscious of an image of, like, usually a quintessential English farm. So if you were teaching in, like, in, in other countries, you know, other countries where certain other animals are much more common, does it does it change or or not? Oh, well, maybe uh, maybe our listeners uh, can tell us. Yeah, I think yeah, farm animals are perhaps uh, uh, zoo animals. I mean, one of the activities yes. that sticks in my mind the most is it's actually not from a course book. I think it's one of those supplementary books. Um, it's a logic puzzle where you have to put the animals into the oh, right cages. No, that's in Keep Talking. Keep that's Talking, yes, talking, yes, 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 yes. You've got to you got to do the zoo. But again, yes. just as we said that um, pigs and dogs are avoided, I've now found that zoos are more and more avoided for like uh, because of uh, the, just the, because of like they're they're considered not 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 good for animals or I don't know if it's political correctness or I'm not really sure what it is but zoos tend to be not a not a big thing now in materials. Okay, I mean I defer to you who's who's written <laughs> more on. Uh, I mean, of course, I, if you're a teacher and you want to teach zoos, go, go for it. You know, I'm just thinking of the editor that writes you the note going. Lindsay, I'm sorry, but you can't include lion in this. I know it's not the zoo animals; it's a zoo itself. I know, no, no, I, I know. I was, yeah. I was, I was, I was flipping it on there. Yeah, but you know, now you made me start thinking about the, the whether they are in course books or not. But I do feel like I've taught animals a lot. <laughs> it's kind of yeah. But like you um, mean like yeah, but but if I were to ask you top of your head five animals that you think you should teach for lower level learners, it would be those like standard. Cows cat, and dog, cat, dog, cow. Uh, I suppose it was just because I was I came on a, an Australian site where they were like animals to teach. It was like kangaroo, wallaby, and things like that. Well, I like, yeah, wow, I would, yeah, I would never. I guess. But yes, I guess it is. So again, coming back to my point, it's culturally and geographically dependent, perhaps. One thing that I do notice that is culturally or sort of geographically linked and is incredibly hard is teaching fish vocabulary have you ever experienced that because i don't even know the names of some fish in english that you eat in other countries so uh, for example i've lived in spain for 20 years and there's all these fish that i know but i only know the spanish word for them and i don't know i don't even know the english word for them i can't i can't even think of the spanish word right now but i found this to be a problem as well because some fish are uh, you're sort of like well i know trout and i know salmon and i know <laughs> yeah. cod but that after that i'm pretty much well if it's not one of those three i'm not really sure i mean see I, this I guess if you've got a seafood menu, it's necessary to teach it. But I'm thinking, do, do you really need to teach all these students all the fish? Unless no, they're fishermen. But you do. <laughs> no, no, or if you live in the coast, again. Yeah, no, I, no, I'm being flippant. So any, any, any people working in tourism 
they do have to like sort of what kind of fish is this and they're like i think the first time i ate eel in uh, which was in the czech republic was because i didn't know what what the czech word for eel was so i ordered it just to see what it was oh that's what it is right i've learned that word now exactly (laughs) or 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 the word for the fish is a word that that is in english like they found the translation but it doesn't exist except in this part of the mediterranean yeah. for example like so oh it's a it's a whatever a red speckled grouper or something like that i don't know yeah, yeah. and, and, uh, and the I, having like, having okay. done a lot of my teaching in the czech republic which isn't very coastal that many uh fish come i but to be fair to the, the czech I, and it's not to do with fish but they would be one of when you're teaching uh because they're so um natural in their outlook it's like when you teach a, a lesson that's about nature they really want the nitty-gritty i think i mentioned in a podcast before yeah. like when tr- when trees come up they're not they're, they're not they're not they're, it's, it's a tree yes but what type is it and what's yes. the leaf and, and yeah, you know exactly, it, it's exactly. So, so when fish do come up there is that kind of uh, no, it's a fish <laughs> yes exactly um now we're, we were talking there mostly about adults and teenagers however if we look at the world of young learners, well, oh my God, yeah, the animals are are very like well, they're all over. I mean, I, the, yeah, the, I mean, the, young, the younger the book, the more likely is a puppet with the book is going to be an animal anyway. Exactly. So <laughs> often, I think the animals they are used as the vehicle for language. Yes. And yeah, 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 yeah. The, the course like will be you'll be accompanied throughout the whole course by like a rabbit or by a monkey yeah. or by a what other animals? I'm trying to think of. Those. Well, I'm thinking of a, I'm thinking a of a bug. parrot because a that, parrot, yeah. Uh, I've certainly seen a course book with a parrot in it, and I think we've got a few around here with ma- uh, rice, uh, rice, uh, mice, mice, and rats. I was about to say that came out as rice, rice. <laughs> yes, a rat. Yeah, as the course book, uh, as your course book companion. Yeah, the things like monkeys as well. As you, yeah, absolutely, like that. Yeah. Um, before we go to a break, the other aspect I thought that would be interesting about animals, of course, we're talking about vocabulary and so on. Um, animals to me. And I know we're going to be talking about things like animal sounds and animal idioms, but there's the whole area of like groups of animals and animal plurals. Yeah. So, um, the, the, um, you know, we have our irregular plurals in English, things like, um, you know, person, people, man, men, women, men, yeah, yeah, yeah. etc. But then you have all the animal ones, things like um, uh, oxen, <laughs> which is one, or or sheep, or... Um, or well, the one that always amuses me, and my students never understand, is fish. You know, oh, so yes, it's exactly, fish. yeah. yeah. The plural's fish. fish. <laughs> Unless, of course, it's different species, then it is fishes. And then you're like, what? I was trying to find out the example of like the uh the the singular plural like sheep and fish and 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 i read an article that they had another one that was pheasant which i've never thought about like you know do you have two pheasant i thought it would be pheasants oh no i thought it would be pheasants as well there you go but this was an article that was comparing how old english had one like how some of these are old english and and then they added the plural afterwards but more interesting than that even is the um and don't start guessing them because i'm going to test you on these okay is the collective nouns, you know? So like, you know, you have a crowd of people, but then you have like a whole bunch of, like when you have a whole bunch of a certain animal together, it's called something. You know yeah, what I like mean? Like a, a parliament. Uh, that's one of my well, yeah, don't, don't yes. I'm not now, gonna what, guess anymore, but that, that's, one guess. One of my, that's one of Because my what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the group name and you have to tell me what the animal it is. All right, and this, okay. these aren't hard, these are easy. So this is also oh, for- I, I, I don't trust I, you, but go ahead. All right, so I, we're going to start with mammals, okay? So give it a... Oh, my gosh, you've got it categorized. Yeah, I've got mammals, birds, and then other, okay? Yes. 
So ready? So I'm going to give it to you, and then you say what the animal is. All right? All right. A pride of... Uh, there are a number, but lion yes, is the most yes, obvious one. lion is the most obvious one. I think there were other ones as well. A litter of kittens. Yes, and oh, a litter of puppies. Yes, exactly. Okay, a pack of. This is easy. Uh, you, you tell my gaming brain. I went cards first. I went. Oh no, he's talking <laughs> animals. Uh, wolves. Wolves. Yeah. Here's a little bit harder. A parade of. A parade of giraffes. It's elephants. It's elephants. It's elephants. Yes, Unless it's also giraffes. No, no, no. I, no. I, was going, I was actually going through Dumbo, uh, the film, okay, which yep. we watched recently, thinking which animal was the parade? Is the elephants on parade? That's and then the, the last one uh, in mammals is a cackle of uh, geese. Mam uh, not, not birds. birds oh, no, mammals. A cackle, a cackle of, of. Don't know then. Hyenas. Oh, yeah. Well, of Which course, is just, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, it's a great one. Let's go over to birds now. Ready? Yeah. A flock of seagulls. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and everybody starts singing, everybody the <laughs> exactly. thinking of pop songs. Yes, got it. A, a gaggle of. Uh, is that geese? That, yes. Yes. Uh huh. Yes. A murder of crows. Yeah. A parliament of owls. I love that one, a parliament of owls. And the uh, last one on, uh, on birds is a brace of two possibilities here. Well, they'll probably be pheasants or partridge. Yes, or ducks. Yeah. Uh, okay. A brace, living how many is a brace? Yeah. It's two. And you're yeah. living on Oxford, you know, around the countryside. You get them on the market, you buy a brace. Uh, of course. Well, rather, yes. yes. Let's, finish, <laughs> let's finish then with other. So these are other things. A nest of uh vipers yes uh, so no, you know why it's a, it's oh. a crime novel um oh. like a of crows. there's a lot of them are crime novels that's exactly yes yeah, yeah 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 that's how i learned them as well yeah. a school a school of uh generally would be fish yeah and a uh, shiver... is it not is it not monkeys as well or something like that oh, is it? Uh, no i didn't find a I school of okay no. a shiver that's a good one a shiver of and this is the last one a shiver of uh, shiver of what would shiver of something shimmering? It's it's a, it's a kind. It goes in the sea. It's in the sea. It'd be so fish or something. Uh, Not fish, but mackerel, a certain... sharks. No, yes, a shiver of sharks. Isn't that? <laughs> that, is, that yeah, that is that, that, that is uh, great. Um, uh, uh, have I tired you out? Do you need a break? No, but I, I, no I, I do need a break, but I, I'm disappointed that um, I think um, there's, um, and I'm, I need to check if I'm right, but I think it's a glaring of cats and a rumber of snakes. Oh, um, no, I found loads of ones which I had no uh, idea about, but then uh, I thought okay. I need to double check them because I found Yeah, it yeah, no, I'm just trying to think of, my, my brain was trying to remember the ones, because they're, they're good in quizzes. They're like yeah. the ones that come up in quizzes. And, well, these and are, this like was that. the more the ESL version rather than the pub quiz version. Oh, well. <laughs> and they're not related in some way? Anyway, come on in. Shall we, uh, shall we talk about... I, I, my brain probably needs a little bit of a rest and a, a recuperate. So time for a break. Out of As does my mouse. Hey, everyone. Producer James here to say thanks for listening and just to let you know that if you want to say thanks to us for all the episodes that we've given you for free, we'd be really grateful. We love making this show. It will always be free to you. But there are some costs involved. So if you'd like to help out, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Commute and buy us a coffee. I'm more of a tea man myself, but I'll still appreciate it. Okay, back to the show. Oh, okay, so um, 
Ed, I've, I know it's season 13, but I do find it odd that you've taken over the quizzes from me. I mean, try I know, I love it. it. Soon I'll be I mean, telling jokes. I know, I was going to say, when you when next episode you, you come in and say, can I tell the jokes, I will be like disappointed. So, as by way of revenge, I'm going to do the boring bit. Okay. <laughs> now the, the boring point. bit. The boring bit is when Lindsay, uh, if you if you're a long term time listener of uh, the pod in season one, I think it was in season one, we experimented with longer bits where uh, Mr. Research over there um, found out some really interesting information about stuff um, and talked about it. So in season thirteen, I'm going to bring that back and I'm going to do the long bit and talk about it. But Lindsay will sh- no doubt interject. Is that, is that yourself fair? out, John. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. well, I mentioned it in the in the first part about animal sounds and 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 how interesting they were. Um, with I in, in lessons, you know, the students want to know about the different sounds animals make. You must have you must have taught that lesson before. Yeah. How yeah. in different countries, different animal like animals might make different sounds, like meow yeah. or, or versus something else. Yeah. Oh, let's find out. So, uh, well, you you speak multi languages. So, uh, a sheep in in Spain would go what? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Um, uh, you don't know, do you? I can't what know. Fr- <laughs> I don't French? even know. Meh. Uh, ah, yes, it should go meh. Yeah, okay. So in, yeah. in, 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 in English, because it would go bar. So that kind uh, of thing. A dog? What would a Spanish dog do then? Wow. 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 Okay. I think so. in English. That's, yeah. that's interesting. It's, it's or interesting. In French, I'm, I might be mixing my French and my Spanish. Wow. Fr- wow. Okay. Uh-huh. So anyway, we 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 have enough to exemplify this. Yeah. So um, it's always in, I've always found it interesting um, as a, something to teach, and and the students really really seem so. I was interested in looking at at, at the differences in that. So um, I found this really wonderfully uh, written blog, and it's several blog blog posts which uh, which has gone into detail on this, and and they were they were looking themselves at why the uh, this onomatopoeic sound in animals varies around the world, um, and of course it is one of the first things we learn as as uh, in any language the the you know if you could cast your mind back to when you were a kid or uh when you're when your children were young you make animal sounds and you mimic animals and and the and children mimic them so it, it is uh it is something that's inherent in all language from a, a very early um part of language development and you'll you'll think about as we noted before countless children's books and nursery rhymes all have animal sounds in them and we tend we we try and parrot them with the parrot yeah. them to our with our yeah, learn- yeah, exactly that's the yeah. kind of thing so it kind of from second nature it has become um you know that we've grown up with these sounds and they are as i said one of the first linguistic things that we have in us uh and of course therefore because every, nations around the world have different languages we all grow up knowing a different sound although as an aside the, this blog does go into a discussion about positing now that say english and english media and english books are more prevalent around the world whether this would actually in in the long term actually affect the sound so everybody will grow up learning woof woof rather than um rather than different ones but that, that's a side point so anyway they they went through a few of the a few of the sounds that are common in english and looked at where they are so bar for example for the sheep okay noise. bar yeah tell me about bar so bar uh, you know it actually originates back in the 16th century um uh from it its first recorded use in english was um uh, probably about 
sorry, the, there was a toy that it put bar into language around the 16th century, but it wow. was first perhaps used in the 13th century uh, from it. And it's one of the sounds which isn't that different in most languages in the world. And the, the main difference, apparently, and obviously, listeners, you can compare to the L1 of where you're listening this with it, but as a common, uh, as a as a break, you would get the B sound uh, in kind of, in European languages, it would be a B. So yeah. bar, but then in Asian languages, uh, the bar would be a m, um, although uh, with it, which okay. I find is quite interesting. So it's labial in a way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Uh, so that's quite interesting. So you've got bar that, that goes back there. Now, the oldest sound of them all, the one that's very unchanged in English, is mu. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, mu, mu, mu and bar. All yeah, right. it's been around for a while, and it's uh, and um, it's it's longevity is the same in almost all languages, and it's almost the same in all languages. Uh, so in French, it's uh, well, it's, in German, it's moo with a longer sound, and in French, you're probably better at French than me. It's like, uh, mu, is mu, that right? Mu. I'd have to ask my wife, but okay. yes. <laughs> um, but this sound, of course, this comes, but um, cows in old Christmas cows, like away in a manger, they don't moo, they low. Do you ever consider that? <laughs> the, yes. the cattle are lowing, the baby awakes uh, <laughs> okay. uh, for, for it. But despite that, um, there are, there's a lot of it. And of course, uh, you know, everybody grows up learning about moo cows, which goes back to oh, right. yeah, um, actually to Ed Edwardian children's books where they are. So bar's the oldest one. Uh, the, the newest one, or one of the newest ones uh, as a sound um and um is oink for a pig oink. okay oink yeah yeah so pigs go oink but pigs have only gone oink since the 1940s wow <laughs> what did they do before did they not make well, a sound or no they did if you think about the nursery rhymes so uh, the nursery rhymes of like the um, this little piggy do you know that, that you play yeah. all, you usually play with this little piggy uh, runs all the, yeah yeah, yeah. And no and he goes wee 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 all the way home oh, and until yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then so so in the early in the early um uh, in the early nursery rhymes of the 18th century and so, it was wee, wee, wee. And even up to 1930, there's, there was uh, uh, Beatrice Potter, uh, it's wee, wee, wee uh, in it. But then in 1940s, I, and I can't remember why, it, the, the oink took over as as the okay. modern fairy tale uh, grunt uh, in it. And this does vary. So linguistically around the world, therefore, this uh, these animals do do vary. Uh, so in, in Mandarin, and I do apologise, it's heng, heng, which is nothing like oink, obviously. Uh, in Dutch, You've got something like like nor nor, um, and in Korean it's more like gul gul uh, for the animal. So that, so because we because we've adopted a newer sound, there is a great great linguistic diversity there. Wow. And then finally, and then I'll let you go. Uh, horses, <laughs> let you go. On. Horses are um, one of the old ones as well. And horses actually, you can trace the etymology right back to Old English uh, where it goes through. So um, nay is both a uh, nay is one of the words, but that is. Um, what does it say? The descriptive word is often different to... Oh, wait, because like a dog word. barks. Yeah. Woof, woof. It actually woofs. Yeah. It doesn't Whereas, go bark, bark. But a horse neighs and it goes neigh. Yeah, yeah. So and that's one okay. of the differences there that they, they, they uh, actually come through there so um so i think it's really interesting I, I won't go on much further but i think it's really interesting that there is there is a genuine etymology to these sounds and general gen, uh, genuine reasons why we have them so deep rooted within them and why why languages and world have similarities and differences with them thus endeth your lecture <laughs> well thank you gosh you sound like you need a break again now
Oh, should we should we um, should we have a break with our newest member? We now we we kind of led into this in in the last episode of of last season when we were joined by Sandy Millen. Uh, yes. That was her first appearance. Yes, and we have her back. She'll be making a regular appearance on the Tuffle Commute. Hopefully, let's hear what she has to say. Hi, everyone. My name's Sandy Millen, and welcome to Almost Infinite ELT Ideas. One of my favourite things about social media is the fact that whenever you ask for help with planning a lesson, lots of people respond. So inspired by this, I created the Almost Infinite ELT Ideas blog to share prompts that generate ideas for our lessons. Now I'll share these prompts with you here on the TEFL Commute podcast. Your job is to listen to the prompt and think of ideas of how you might use it in your lessons, and I'll return later in the episode with an idea of my own. Today's prompt is THUNKS, T-H-U-N-K-S. When you Google this, you get a definition that says, a thunk is an unusual question to make you think. There are no right or wrong answers to these questions, simply your answers. But you do need to be able to think about your answers and be able to justify them. So don't just say the first thing that comes into your head, you need to be able to explain the answers that you come up with. Examples of thunks are questions like, is a white sheet of paper more blank than a black one? Or is there more happiness or sadness in the world? If you look at Google Images, there are hundreds and hundreds of these questions. So how would you use these thunks in your lessons? So welcome, Sandy. There, yeah. there we go. So as, as Lindsay said, you'll be hearing more of Sandy throughout uh, the this season and, and hopefully uh, if, you, if she's willing in future seasons. So let's, um, so we've done animal sounds, we've talked about animal vocabulary, and of course, I think there's one area, the elephant in the room. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, you are, oh. okay. You, you are proud of yourself for that one. I am proud of myself because I, I really think. genuinely just, just think of that. Um, so the elephant, the in, elephant the in the room is animal idioms because yeah. of course i think um the area of animal idioms is one which is often taught partly because a bit like the noises that animals make and people always find it fun to hear like oh wow in your language an animal says this uh, the idea of animal idioms they're so frequent um and it becomes such a fun lesson that it's often included they might not have a great uh, value in terms of like immediately useful language apart but from it's, its raining cats and dogs come oh on everybody God. Yes, which is curiously the raining cats and dogs is the idiom that often gets um like like uh criticized because people hardly ever use the full idiom of it's raining cats and dogs. It's you know they might say it's really cats and dogs out there, or it's really uh, uh they won't say they won't necessarily say the whole thing. Or, I, I, I I I hate it because my students are never linguistically gifted enough to know the follow up joke with so don't step any poodles step in oh. any poodles. Oh, God. But, okay. Yeah. I you preferred. Know, no, your, I preferred. I preferred the elephant in the room. Oh. Anyway, what have you found? We've done some reading, of course, on animal. Yeah, I, I, again, um, 
I, I, I like the research papers. Okay. <laughs> so uh, somebody has done a study of animals in, in foreign language lessons, and they looked at the uh, Longman Dictionary of English uh, idioms uh, for what animals were preferred in idioms. Are you ready then? So what so animals... So we're talking about the, the animals that have the most idioms. Yeah, so to... we'll, we'll look at structure in a moment, but the animals in specific. And so we've already given the, we've already kind of given the top two in one idiom. So the the, the word, the, the animal dog in idioms in the Longman Dictionary of English idioms has 29 entries as an idiom. That's the, that's, a, that's the biggest one. Yeah, as and the most... second is cat. Okay. Cat. Yeah, cat. and... Cat. Uh, 21. <laughs> okay. All right. So, okay. so, so, listeners, your test before the next episode is named 21 idioms with cats in. Um, <laughs> yeah. okay. uh, and then just some more highlights. Uh, so, uh, they, they found that pig, interesting to what we talked about before, pig has uh, nine entries, lion has six entries, cow appears tw twice as so two, two idioms. An elephant, I think I've already used, is the elephant in, in the, in the room. But has again, only one I think, entry. Actually, I can't think of another idiom with elephant. Uh, I mean, well, that, that, it's, I can't. I can actually. But it the memory is something to do with the memory, but it's no. Not. But a white. I mean, it's an idiomatic oh, uh, term. A, a white, white elephant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, something that you buy, you know, that's useless would be a white elephant, wouldn't it? Um, and the the research um, um, conjectures. I don't think they've got uh, hard evidence really, that the role of popular pets is is one of the reasons why. Um, yeah why domestic animals are a higher uh up that uh, high at the top of that list and then there is more research um um that looks at how animal idioms break up and, and categorizes them so you've got and, and this is typical i think you'll probably say a little bit more like, so you've got like the like pattern so fight like cats and dogs there you go there's yeah. a cats and dogs idiom you've okay. got the as something as idiom which i'll leave to you then yeah. you've got the whole phrase of uh an idiom so to have a bee in one's bonnet uh for uh, and the animal and then what they call the animal could be animal so every dog is a lion at home for example is uh another structure so oh, really? so, wait, so what other idioms work like that because i haven't um, even heard of every dog is a what's, lion what home. what source for the goose is source for the gander is the oh, other okay. example yeah. sorry so basically if you want to teach idioms use domesticated animals and use one of four patterns is is what the research uh, wow. tends to point out. but it is interesting I, I i do find these things interesting um and i think sudasu too my animals lessons with students always tend to be well regarded even though if I ask them, do you think this is very useful? They're like, no, but it's fine. No, so. no but yeah. <laughs> and, and, and sometimes that is important. I mean, it, and I think um, the fun aspect of it in that sense brings an affinity to the language and, and gives an accessibility to the language. So, you yeah. know, yeah. it doesn't have to immediately go and be able to use in a restaurant. Yeah. You know? Well, exactly. Let's let's finish then our, our, our episode today with another quiz that our listeners, you can do when you're listening to this at home or or on your commute as it were, um, where I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to give you the beginning part and you have to supply the missing animal. Yeah. And we're going to follow the structure that Sean mentioned here, which is the as something as uh, something. Because indeed, I remember I had one lesson where several students said, oh, wow, but in my language, it's something as this. So they've changed the animal. So it could yeah. be an idea to do for a class. Anyway, are you ready, Sean? I, I am ready. I have 10 of these. Okay. Okay. So. Some will be easier than others, but I, I expect you to get at least seven. Wow, what kind of what, what kind of pressure is that? I expect <laughs> you to get at least. Yes. All right. 
I'm still feeling that what the audience don't know is that last week in a, in a pre-meeting you gave us a quiz uh, a quiz about the end of a certain person, and I'm still oh, yeah. feeling the <laughs> feeling the stress of that. <laughs> I'm all about the quizzes in 2020. You are at the moment, yeah. Obviously, all lockdown. Right. What do I do? Lockdown. What do I do? I'll make a quiz. <laughs> all right. So here we go. Get ready. Ready? Yeah. As busy as a b b b b. Yeah. Okay. Um. As sick as a. I deliberately paused to let the audience fill in that yes, gap before yeah. before I said parrot. Oh, is it as sick as a parrot? Really? Oh, you, you, don't, you disagree with me? I disagree, but I have read that sometimes there's a difference between North American and British English. Oh, as sick as a did... parrot. Are you serious? Because I would say as sick as a dog. Oh, hang on. Oh, hang on. Uh, Google is out. Uh, our producer is listening. Um, I feel like. Uh, producer James, can you settle this dispute? For, uh, producer James has just said both. Oh, uh, okay. okay. All, All right. right. Let's keep going then. Go on, then. As wily as a. I want to say coyote, but that's mm. cartoons. Uh, I actually don't uh, know. I'm not sure. Fox. Oh, it's Fox. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, James. <laughs> Fox has flashed up on my screen. Yes. Um, as stubborn as a... Uh, Lindsay. No. <laughs> oh, no, it should be James. As stubborn as a James. Uh, stubborn as a mule. That's right. Okay. As hungry as a... Uh, Duran Duran song. The Hungry as a Wolf. It is a Duran Duran song. It is, but isn't there another one? I don't say as hungry as a wolf. I say, I oh, know. my gosh, I'm as hungry as a wolf. No, that's, that is a Duran Duran song. And it's hungry uh, James, like... James, uh, a hungry... Hungry, as a, hungry, as, hungry a as a horse? No. Yeah. No. James. Hippo. Like... James says hippo. <laughs> okay. We'll have to... Uh, and isn't Hungry Hippos a game? You catch balls in the hippos. All right, right. here go we on. go. You never as... realised this was going to be such a controversial quiz, I know. Didn't you? As, <laughs> as, qui as quiet as a... Mouse. Okay, good. As crazy as a... Ooh. As crazy uh, this is a North American... A... We said this in Canada, but I don't know if it... Uh, as a goose. No, as a loon. A what? A loon. It's a... It's a... Well, maybe it's this a is bird. a Canadian... It's a bird that goes, woo, woo. In, on, oh, on that was worth getting, getting yeah. it wrong just for that. Is it a, is it a, is it a, um, I was going to say it's popular, like a popular, but it's like a white a it's, a, it's a duck kind of bird. But right. It, anyway, crazy loon. Okay, as lazy as a. Uh, oh, gosh, I should know that one. Uh, donkey? No, it's like, we went no. lazy as a mule. Uh, no, it's stupid as a mule. Lazy as a lion. No. Lazy as a llama. As lazy as no. a. No. What's the laziest animal? Sloth. Sloth. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to be and fair, here... James, I'm, I'm, James put it in the chat box. <laughs> All right. And here are these two ones I found on a British site. I don't say it, but maybe you do. As silly as a... Sausage. <laughs> an animal, Sean. No, but, you, but it is animal. That's a byproduct of an animal. And it's a you silly sausage. As silly as a salamander. No. A goose. I'm, I'm, as silly as a goose. James, come on. <laughs> rule on that one <laughs> we, we, we we've right. got the not well, yes this one, we've I got would... the non we've got the non-british english speaker trying to teach us our language again and this one it's i a... did mean was british and i think i heard my great uncle say it once and i love the <laughs> oh, right, brilliant. But it's as as funny as uh <laughs> <laughs> as funny as a ferret no it's a longer phrase this one 
Uh, I've no idea. As funny as a barrel of monkeys. (laughs) That well-known. Come on, that that to me shouts like Brighton Pier, nineteen forties English. Note to the producer: Please don't let him do the quizzes again. Uh, So before we end off, though, uh, how about we hear what uh, Sandy has been preparing? Let's do it. Here's Sandy. Welcome back to Almost Infinite ELT Ideas. As promised, I'm back to share my ideas for how I would use this episode's prompt, thunks, in my lesson. So the obvious idea would be to have a question like this on the board at the beginning of the lesson that you could use as a warmer with your students, uh, something that they can discuss as they walk into the lesson. But perhaps a more interesting idea would be to create a pack of thunks cards and divide them up uh, between your students. So your students work in groups with a few of these thunks each. Uh, they turn over a thunk and the students each have to respond to the thunk themselves and the group decides which person has best justified their answer and that's a good way to get them extending their speaking and justifying their answers rather than just giving very short answers or one or two word answers. So if you have an idea of your own for how you would use this prompt, please go to the TEFL Commute's Facebook, Twitter or Instagram page. Look for the Almost Infinite ELT Ideas post for thanks and share your ideas there. Thanks and I'll see you next time. And for our first episode back, have, have you had enough, do you think, Sean? Um, I have been challenged in more ways than I anticipated. <laughs> I think it's probably time to give the brain a, a little rest. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. It's well, a nice break from lockdown, though, you know. <laughs> it is. And we'll be back again in a few weeks. We uh, will, yes. So if you want to find out uh, about us, you can find us on all the regular places where you get podcasts. Please, if you enjoy this episode, share it with a friend. Tell somebody about this podcast. We always like getting new listeners. And you can reach us at our website, tefalcommute.com, or you can reach us on Facebook, on where else? On all the places, right? On all the places. And this year, and this year, or because we're in 13th season, in our 13th season now, we hope that people have enjoyed uh, what we have uh, been doing for that time. And I'm, I'm sure many of you have listened uh to us but um you can now buy us a coffee oh fantastic uh, yes yes so if you enjoy what you've done and you fancy just giving it uh um uh buying us a coffee to thank us for uh, entertaining us we've got to buy me a coffee page uh which is buy me a coffee i you know what i know it's buy me a coffee i just thought is it actually tefl commute i I should have thought that through before i announced it should my uh it's buy me a coffee forward slash uh tefl commute and if you go there you could buy us a a coffee we do do the we do do the podcast uh for fun in the sense it's our hobby we enjoy we enjoy doing it but we do have some costs here and there so obviously if you want to support us then you could go there as i say buy us a coffee so yes you'll find us on all the all the usual sites and i want you also to go to facebook onto the facebook page and say how and tell Lindsay how ridiculous that quiz was and how wrong he was with all those answers sean you're as funny as a barrel of monkeys and on that note see you next time bye (laughs) 
As your commute is coming to an end, here is an activity you can take into class. Find a selection of 8 to 10 animal idioms. For example, the animal idioms Lindsay used to test Sean with. Do a dictation of these with your students, but leave out the actual animal word in each idiom. Your students must write down the idiom and then, in pairs, try to complete it with the correct animal. As a follow-up, ask them to translate these into their language. Do they have similar idioms? And do these use the same animals? You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. You can support this podcast at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Commute. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or your podcast player of choice and by visiting us at tefocommute.com. Thank mm-hmm. you.